Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Today, I'm continuing my 40-man roster suite of podcasts, and it's an idea that hit me midday some point. I'm not sure when. I think it was during the Cubs-White Sox game at some point. I came up with an interesting idea. I like to play what if. I like to play what if. I like to play what if. For instance, I like to talk about what if there is going to be a work stoppage in 2022. If you knew there was going to be a work stoppage in 2022, what would you recommend your front office Cubs, Mets, Giants, Royals, whoever, if you knew there was going to be a work stoppage in 2022, what would you recommend your front office do? Stuff like that. You know, if you knew that, what if, uh, that kind of stuff. Today I took it a step further. Today I took it a step further with an eye on the Cubs 40-man roster specifically. The Cubs... 40-man roster specifically. What recommendations would you make if you knew, if you absolutely knew there would not be Major League Baseball games before June 1st? Lockout, strike, phraseology isn't all that important. You knew, you know, there aren't going to be games before June 1st. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to start playing doubleheaders on June 20, on June 2nd to try to catch up. No, 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 no. You know there's not going to be games by June 1st. There might be somewhat thereafter. Maybe spring training would be just starting in early June. Perhaps they have just come to some sort of an agreement. Or perhaps the agreement hasn't been reached yet. But as of June 1st, no Major League Baseball games. If you already know that, which we don't. But if you knew there were going to be no Major League Baseball games by June 1st, what alterations, what considerations would you give to the Cubs 40-man roster knowing there will be no games before June 1st? I'll give you a minute. I'll give you a minute. Let's think about it. There are some things that, based on stuff that's happened since 2020, our thoughts are different than they used to be. Um, For instance, it, it seemed like back in the day there were certain pitchers that generally... You could count on them for 30 starts a season. You could count on quite a few pitchers for 30 
starts a season, maybe 28, 27, but generally 30 starts a season. But now some of those guys are starting to break down. Some of the guys that were one in three, one in four chances to have a 30 start season. Now they're like more like one in six, one in seven. As a Cub fan, you might look at names like you Darvish, Jake Arrieta. What sorts of pitchers make more sense long term if there is going to be a delay in the season? It seems like, and this might be me walking around through the supermarket picking up a whole bunch of stupid, inaccurate biases. Maybe, it may be, it may be, but as of right now, I'm really thinking there are a number of pitchers that, for whatever reason, back in 2019, they were really, really healthy, and now they're not. It's not necessarily Tommy John surgery, though it could be that. It's not necessarily COVID, though it could be that. There are a number of pitchers that used to be quite reliable that seem to, since 2019 into 2020, don't seem to be reliable anymore. So you're looking at the Cubs 20-man roster, the Cubs 40-man roster, the Cubs 40-man roster for the offseason. If there are to be no games, no major league games by June 1st, what are some things that for you, you might emphasize differently than if you had been tasked with putting together a 40-man roster in 2018 or 2019 or even in the offseason leading up to 2020. Well, we didn't know any of this crap. We were completely oblivious, just like we were completely oblivious in 20, late 2020, when owners were thinking, hmm, we might not have any fans. And all of a sudden, in early February, oh, guess what, everybody? You're going to have fans. Oh, okay, we're going to have fans. So let's go out and spend money. And the um, mental retrofitters of baseball fandom, oh, the, 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 the GM should have spent more money in November. Well, they weren't allowed to spend money in November until January when the owners found out, oh, we're going to actually be able to sell tickets. Can't, it can't do in November, but you're not allowed to do in November, but you are allowed to do in January. So, yeah, somebody mentioned Schwarber. Oh, they spent money on Schwarber. Or they, they didn't spend money on Schwarber, but they spent it on Jack Peterson. Well, there no money. he didn't have money in the budget for Schwarber. He did have money in the budget for Peterson. It's not that hard to understand if you understand budgets. Um, so, okay, back to the question. 40-man roster. No games at the major league level before June, June 1st. What differences would you possibly make on the 40-man roster? First thing I would do, if I was quite confident there were going to be no major league games before June 1st, I would limit interest in... Fringe starting pitching. Fringe starting pitching. The Cubs really don't have a whole lot of starting pitchers anyway. Looking at the list, you got Kyle Hendricks. You got Alec Mills. 
arguably, you have Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson. And really, uh, Adbert Elselite, and that's about it. You know, you got, you got five names. You got five names. Two of them are reliable as far as, yeah, they'll probably give you a bunch of innings, a whole bunch of games a year. Then Elselite, Thompson, and Steele, you get what you get. If I knew there were going to be no major league games by June 1st, there's no way in the universe I'd give Corey Abbott a 40-man roster spot this offseason. There's none. Because if there's going to be no games until June, no games until June 1st, Corey Abbott would not... There, there, he wouldn't pitch until there's an agreement. He would not pitch until there's an agreement. And fringe starting pitching coming off of long layoffs, I just don't believe in it anymore. Right now, I don't believe in fringe to moderate starting pitchers being ready to go two, three years in a row coming off of an off season or a shortened season. It, It'll happen here and there, but I don't believe it. I don't believe in it. Alec Mills still making league minimum. Sure, he can he can stick around. No worries there. Not a problem because he's still making league minimum. Kyle Hendricks, he is who he is. He's going to be probably fine. No worries. Edward Alzelay, same topic as Alec Mills, Steele, and Keegan Thompson. Same basic thing. Yeah, they're making league minimum. Maybe they'll be starters. Maybe they'll be, be relievers. Theoretically, Alzelay might be a reliever. You don't know. But as far as for 2022, there would be no reason to have Corey Abbott on the 40-man roster all offseason if there are going to be no games before June 1st. Now, you, you can feel free to be saying, well, I had Corey Abbott right column anyway. That's fine, but the Cubs really don't have a whole lot of in-house starting pitching options. Right now, they just flat out don't. That is not something that they are strong at. Corey Abbott, I don't know if I want him on the 40 irrespective. But if I know they're not going to be playing until June 1st, any value he has disappears. Because if you're not going to have any games by June 1st, you're probably going to be dealing with having spring training, late May, early June, mid-June, late June, whatever. And you're going to be ramping players up. It's just not going to work for fringe players. They're just, I just don't see it. Um, kind of dovetailing with that, I have a whole lot more interest in relievers. Um, not just at the major league level, also at the college level. There is a whole lot more interest now in having um, bullpen games. You didn't used to have bullpen games. You didn't. I, I remember there was one game back in 1971. I didn't. I don't have the um, game notes in front of me, but the Cubs were to a point where their four starters that they'd ever use couldn't go. I don't think they'd called up Juan Pizarro yet. Now, for for one reason or another, they needed to go to a bullpen game. They turned to Phil Regan, who was their closer said, you're going to be our starter today. And he went seven innings. That's what bullpen games were back then. You go to a starter, or you go to a reliever, he gives you seven innings. That's what it used to be. 
Now that's not how it is anymore. You have your 8, 9, 10, 11 man bullpen for the day and everybody gets you four outs. Somebody gives you two innings and you're done. If there is no baseball until June 1st, I don't even bother with, ooh, who's going to be the sixth starter? Who's going to be the seventh starter? Who's going to be the eighth starter? A lot of that kind of stuff is going to be solved by who is good in the minor leagues. If you get a guy like Caleb Killian, who most Cub fans have no awareness of, if there's no spring training, and, there, and if there's no games until June 1st, there's probably no spring training for the major leaguers, you're not going to see Caleb Killian in a major league spring training game until he's already pitching in Iowa. Maybe Tennessee, I'm guessing Iowa. So if Caleb Killian's already pitching in Iowa, Iowa's going, Tennessee's going, Myrtle Beach is going, South Bend is going, all four of those are going, and oh, by the way, now it's time for regular spring training to start. You're going to have a major league spring training, and you're going to, you're going to have 35 guys. You're going to have your 40-man roster. That's what you're going to have. You're going to have your 40-man roster. You're going to have six or eight guys showing up trying to get non-roster spots. You're going to go from there. It's not going to be a case of Brennan Davis is going to be pinch hitting in the eight. No, Brennan Davis is going to be in Des Moines. Brennan Davis is going to be in Des Moines playing with the I-Cubs. He's not going to get called up for spring training to get two at-bats in the you know fifth inning and the eighth inning. He's going to be in Iowa playing actual flipping baseball games. Relievers, 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 relievers would be my expectation. Looking at the Cubs roster, looking at the Cubs roster, here are actual relievers. Cody Hoyer, Tommy Nance, Manny Rodriguez, Steele, Thompson, whatever you think of them. Wick, Wick, whatever you think of them. Um, Scott Efros pitched today. Um, Michael Rucker. Trevor McGill, maybe. Dylan Maples, maybe. Um, you're, you're looking at a whole bunch of guys who, out of the bullpen, if you have six starters, even if they're nominal starters, you get a guy who, uh, Keegan Thompson gives you three innings. Three innings gets you halfway to the fourth. He's done. Okay, fine. If it is a shortened season, if it is a shortened Spring training, which it would be. You know what's going to happen? Lengthier rosters. You have a 40-man roster. Instead of 26, you're going to, again, have 28. You're going to have 14 pitchers, 14 hitters, and you go. 14 pitchers, 14 hitters, and you go. Uh, one thing I didn't even write down, I just thought of this when I said 14 pitchers, 14 hitters, and you go. If there is not going to be baseball until June 1st. If there's not going to be baseball until June 1st, Rule 5 guys are going to stick. <laughs> Rule 5 guys are going to stick because you're going to have a lengthier roster. You're going to have 14 pitchers. You're going to have 14 hitters. You draft that guy in January, in December. You draft that guy in December. Let's say you draft a backup catcher. Backup catcher. Does just enough in spring training. Yeah, I think we can keep this guy on the 14-man hitting side of the offensive team. Okay, so he's one of the 14. Does fairly well. He does okay. You got another catcher. He's going to catch most of the games. You got a third catcher, probably. Because, after all, your DH, you might as well have... 
If you're playing DH, you might as well have a third catcher if you're trying to keep a Rule 5 catcher. So you have your guy using the Cubs for an example. You have Wilson Contreras, you have whoever the backup is, and then you have the Rule 5 guy. The Rule 5 guy, he doesn't have to play but once or twice, once or twice a week. He doesn't have to make 175 at-bats. He's on the squad. You're not playing until June. You're not playing. Maybe you're playing starting July 1st. July, August, September, a little bit October. You got a 95-day season. You got a 95-day season. As long as he stays on the roster for all 90 games, he's good as gold. He doesn't have to play. He doesn't have to do anything. And then, then we end up putting him on the injured list for 15 days because, dude, we need to do something. Okay, put, put the Rule 5 guy on the injured list. Put him on the injured list for 10 days. Okay, good. Now we're fine. We're, we're, everything's perfect. Hey, 10 days, mysteriously, he's, he's back and healthy and good to go again. You just keep rolling it. Uh, n- number, number five of my four things on my list is rule five guys would be a whole lot more logical. Number three. Okay, well, re- reviewing. Number one, less reliance on long-term starting pitchers. Two, increased interest in relievers. Number five, which I mentioned third, Increased interest in Rule 5 draft players sticking. Item 3, increased interest on league minimum types. If you have a guy who is making jack shit, keep him. Keep him, keep him, keep him, especially if you're not expected to be a 90-win team, which in a season that's only going to have half as many games as it usually does, it's going to be really hard to do. So you get the guy like a Rafael Ortega, you get the guy like a Frank Schwindel, you get the guy like a, uh, whichever you want, Patrick Wisdom, um, Alfonso Rivas, you keep them. You just keep them. Don't even think about it. You keep them. I had somebody today telling me the Cubs should non-tender Ian Happ because of Jason Hayward's contract. That was basically the the st- a e- a equals b equals c equals d. It was basically you can't keep Hap because your outfield is going to be Hap and Hayward and Dykeman or Ortega or Hermosillo or whoever. Ian Hap's not responsible for J- Jason Hayward's contract. I- Ian Hap didn't sign that deal. Ian Hap is not responsible for that. If Ian Hap looks like he might be worth $10 million in 2022 based on whatever formula the Cubs are using, you keep him. Why? Is it because um, he has two similar letters in his last name? No, no, that's not why you keep him. You keep him because he's probably going to be making $6 million and you think he will be worth more than $6 million. If a guy is going to make more than what he's getting paid, you should probably keep his butt. In fact, the Cubs probably would have done that if it weren't um, uh, salary cutting time last last cycle with Kyle Schwarber. Um, So we got less reliance on long-term starting pitchers, increased interest in relievers, increased interest in minimum league league minimum types, uh, increased interest in Rule 5 type guys, and four, which comes fifth, minor league 40-man roster guys are more acceptable. And some of you are saying, what the hell is, what, what the hell are you talking about? I will use an example. 
that actually won't apply. But even by even mentioning it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Braylon Marquez debuted for the Cubs last season because the Cubs knew in the offseason he was going to have to be added to the 40-man roster anyway. They were not going to leave him unprotected. So the Cubs added him to the 40-man roster, used him last game of the season against the White Sox, didn't work out so well. No worries, we'll just you know have him in the minor leagues in, double, in 2021, and he'll be wherever, and he'll do whatever, and he'll be great, and he'll be fine, and then we'll see him again really soon. Well, he hasn't pitched a game. He hasn't pitched a game. Nobody knows what's going on. It's a, a secret guarded closely by TASS. Nobody has any flipping idea what's going on, and that's the way it's going to be because there is no reason for the Cubs to post uh, Edward Elzele or... Raylan Marquez, or Cole Franklin, or anybody else's medical records online because there's no upside in doing that. Plus, the player might not really like it a whole lot. So uh, unless you want to have an insurrection like is going on with the New York Mets and the, against the fans, it's generally stupid to do stupid things. So we don't know what's going on with Braylon Marquez. He's not playing. That's about all we know. Braylon Marquez, because he is not playing this year anywhere. He's not playing anywhere. He is not getting in 60 games with a full season affiliate. If a player does not get in 60 games with a full season affiliate, and it doesn't have to be the same full season affiliate. You you know, if somebody, for instance, uh, low A, 37 games, High A, 40 games, double A, 50 games. It all adds up to 60 games, so it would count as a season. Braylon Marquez did not get in anything this year. So what that means is he is going to get a fourth option season because he didn't play at all this year. He didn't play at all this year, so this season will not count. Well, it'll count as one of his three option seasons, but he'll get a fourth option season. So let's say we're going June 1st, no game on June 1st, and probably somewhat after June 1st, we're still not going to have any games. Now let's take Christopher Morrell. Christopher Morrell was added to the Cubs 40-man roster this offseason. Christopher Morrell has not played a major league game. However, Christopher Morrell has played much more than 60 games in AA. So his option season counts. His option season, this will have been his first option season. He is allowed three. Next year, if there is a work stoppage that drags into June, into July, and August, into whatever, and it turns out that Christopher Morell does not have 60 games on a full season affiliate next year for whatever reason. Injury, lockout, strike, whatever. I don't know if COVID counts on that or not. But you get a situation where next year Christopher Morell only is on a full season roster for 54 games. The season still counts, but he gets a fourth option season. So Christopher Morrell, if there isn't a full enough 
minor league season next year gets a fourth option season. As you look at some of the acquisitions the Cubs made in the offseason, most of them were minor league, minor league, minor league players. Nick Madrigal was uh, one of the additions. He missed a whole bunch of time, but he was on a full season affiliate. The major league club counts. So uh, that's certainly going to count as one of his, uh, but he didn't get sent down. So it wouldn't be an option season. It does count as, you know, time with the major league club. Uh, Madrigal, Hoyer, those two, major league acquisitions, no, no, no relation, no, no comment on, you know, no commentary regarding minor leagues because they're major league players. However, Anderson Espinoza acquired from the Padres for, uh, Jake Marisnik. If there's no season next year, he gets a season refunded. He gets a fourth option season. Now, I don't know how long he's been on the 40-man roster in the Padres pipeline, so it could be he uh, he could have theoretically gotten a refund in 2020, which would mean he wouldn't get a refund in 2022. You get either three or four minor league options. Usually it's three, Sometimes it's four, generally due to injury or suspension or anything along those lines. So Anderson Espinoza, Alexander Vizcaino, and Alexander Canario are all minor league players that if there is a lengthy work stoppage, they might get a fourth year in uh, fourth year to get sent down to the minor leagues kind of akin to possibly Christopher Morrell. Toss Miguel Amaya in there as well. Amaya, like Marquez, Amaya started the season, was on the injured list for a whole bunch of the time. His season, this uh, he will get a fourth option season. If you're looking at a 40-man roster... It's not necessarily specifically about which guys do I like, which guys do I think have higher ceilings, which guys this, that, or the other thing. If you're dealing with a 40-man roster and you're dealing with a very legitimate possibility of a work stoppage that may possibly last well into the season, there may be... Uh, other considerations. I just soon load up on relievers. I just as soon load up on relievers, and here's why. Let's say uh, normally it's about 50 50. Teams will probably go like 21 pitchers, 19 hitters, something like that. You know, it, it, it's not a that, uh, that happens 57.4% of the time. No, it's not like that. Just a, lot, a lot of times it's about equal. And teams will normally lean a bit heavier on pitchers than hitters. Because with pitchers, you know you're going to need so many of them. And so many of them are going to be injured. So if the Cubs run with Alzale, Hendricks, Mills, Steele, and Thompson as their de facto five-man starting rotation over a lengthy work stoppage. 
Some people will probably, oh my goodness, how are you possibly doing that? What will you do if, you know, in 2022, if this guy gets hurt or that guy gets hurt or the other guy gets hurt? The premise is if there's a lengthy work stoppage, if there's a lengthy work stoppage, what's probably going to happen, let's use June 17th as a day. June 17th, I'm just pulling out of my wallet for no apparent reason. June 17th, there is news breaking, news breaking on ESPN. The collective bargaining agreement is going to be voted on tomorrow. The club reps have voted in favor of supporting the um, CBA as being discussed. So the players are being told by their um, club reps, you should probably vote for this as the best thing we could get. So this is on June 17th. Probably, 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 probably. If it's playing out like that, news is on the the 17th. June 18th, June 19th, you have a vote. Probably, 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 probably by June 22nd or June 23rd, teams would start reporting. It wouldn't be a case of, okay, we just voted on this CBA. Now we're going to sit back for a month and not do anything, and then we'll report. No, once it's agreed upon, everybody's going to start floating to, I'm getting out to Mesa, I'm getting down to Florida. I'm getting to Arizona, I'm getting to Florida. Because we've just agreed on this. We're going to play. We're going to get in the rest of the season. We're going to see what we can do, blah, 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 whatever. So everybody has their 38 guys on their 40-man roster, their 39 guys on their 40-man roster, their 40 guys on their 40-man roster. Then there are going to be some guys who they just haven't gotten the deal that they wanted yet. They just have, you know, I, I wanted I wanted a four-year deal, but nobody was offering me a four-year deal that I wanted. So all these guys that everybody was saying, this guy's a fantastic free agent. This guy's definitely going to sign. This guy's going to go somewhere and get paid a whole lot of money. Well, suddenly all the money that people who weren't paying the contracts uh, were saying they would get, the money's not there. So players that were expected to get a whole lot of money, kind of like this offseason, didn't get it. So now you get guys kind of like you know Colton Wong. Colton Wong, how, how can he be still, still on sign? Brewers signed Colton Wong. One year, $10 million. It happens. It happens. There's going to be, there are going to be those guys who they should have a contract. They don't. News breaks on the 17th. There's going to be a vote. They vote on the 18th or the 19th. People start filing into spring training camp on 2022, uh, on the 20th or 22nd. And as soon as camp opens, the Cubs are going to have this whole list of relief pitchers. And I can pretty much guarantee you one or two things. Some of them aren't going to be good to go. Some of them aren't going to be good to go. And probably somebody is already done for the year. Somebody on a 40-man roster. Yep, we're going to give this guy a 40-man roster spot. Here, you've got a 40-man roster spot. Show up for camp. They're done. They're done for the year. They're not going to play. Um, 40-man roster spot. It gets recycled. They're put on the uh, 60-day disabled list. They're done for the season. They bring in somebody else, plug in somebody else. And if you bring in, what's it probably going to be, like 14, 15, 16, 17 relievers? 
I don't know. Something like that. Somebody's going to be hurt. Somebody's going to be hurt. So you bring in 16 relievers. Somebody's going to be hurt. Somebody's going to be done for the year. Yep. Tommy John surgery. Sucks. You know, I can't go. Um, well, since you're on the 60-day injured list, uh, well, now we get to reuse the 40-man roster spot. We're going to go, go out and sign this starting pitcher who really probably should have been signed, but he wasn't because nobody wanted to spend any money during the lockout. I really think that history can be important. History can be important if something happens one time and you're completely blindsided by what happened. Wow, I could not have possibly imagined that pitchers who were used to pitching in a full spring training, they go for a partial spring training for about three or four weeks. It gets shut down. They get shut down. They come back for about three or four more weeks, and then they go, and then they get hurt. I could not have possibly foreseen that happening. That happens one time. Okay, fine. It's perfectly understandable that you can get blindsided by something that you'd never seen happen before. But if you've seen it happen before, you shouldn't be blindsided by it anymore. Oh, there's a train cra- there's a train crossing here. Occasionally, there are trains that go by. Hmm, didn't know that. Okay, now I know it. The Cubs walking into 2022 will not be expecting to win 58% of their games. They will try to put together a team that will, but it's not going to be a situation of where, yes, we are totally confident we are going to win 58% of our games and you can break all of the executives' phones if we're wrong. No, that's not going to be how it's going to work. You're going to have an idea. If our guys stay healthy, if um, Nick Madrigal and Nick uh, and Nico Horner work up the middle, maybe we bring in another out, in- infielder and you know this, this works and that works and the other thing works. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe, we can possibly really do a nice job of contending. Possibly, maybe, if everything works. But if everything doesn't work, probably the Cubs will be set to having a whole bunch of Jack Peterson-type contracts. And if it's not working in July, trade everything away, possibly to include Wilson Contreras and Kyle Hendricks. Looking at the 2022 squad, it's perfectly acceptable to say Patrick Wisdom at third base, sure. Why not? Saying Patrick Wisdom is going to be the best third baseman in the division by far, probably not a good idea. Now, he could be. Never quite know what's going to happen in baseball. That's why it's so fun. Basketball, probably have a pretty darn good idea who the best team is before the season even jumps. But um, Craig Schwind- or Frank Schwindel, with the designated hitter, Schwindel is the DH, making league minimum, kind of makes a little bit of sense. It doesn't have to be him 162 games at designated hitter. 
you can scoot over and play a little bit of first base too. Um, but yeah, the Cubs will add some free agents, but I think a lot of the lineup is already going to be guys who you kind of know. Because I really don't think, at least if there is going to be no baseball until June 1st, I don't really think the Cubs have a whole lot of a whole lot of stuff compelling them to go out and make a big purchase. And what major guy that's going to sign a five, six-year deal is going to say, I demand to go, go to the Cubs. The Cubs are the only team I want to go to. Why would that happen? Jed's not going to try to outbid anybody. He hasn't tried to outbid anybody. He didn't outbid anybody. With, he didn't win the bid. Um, let's try this again. Other teams outbid Jed Hoyer on Jason Hayward. Other teams, I think, outbid Jed Hoyer on Hugh Darvish. It's that um, with Hayward, he offered an opt-out. I can't remember what it was with Darvish, but I think there was somebody else who bid higher. Jed's going to wait. Jed's going to wait. Oh, okay. This pitcher we can go out and get for $9 million for a one-year contract. Maybe a second-year option. Put him into the lineup. Put him into the rotation. See how he does. He's doing well in July, and the team isn't. Well, you trade him. The 40-man roster is not about you have to have exactly this many players it's not anything even close to that. If you expect a work stoppage, you're going to put together potentially a different 40-man roster than you would if you do not expect a 40-man uh, a work stoppage. And I've been pretty upfront. I expect a work stoppage. So I'm going to lean more heavily on having relief pitchers who have done well and who may be useful in the future even if they're not going to be starters. Because after all, I figure if you bring in a whole bunch of pitchers like Trevor McGill and Michael Rucker and Scott Efros and Brendan Little, whole bunch of relievers, whole bunch of relievers, whole bunch of relievers, so 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 101, you're probably going to have one or two of them that they're done for the year. Whenever spring training opens, they're done for the year. 40-man, or 60-day injured list, and they're done for the year. And then you recycle the spot with somebody who's available at the time. I'm putting together my 40-man roster based on a mindset that I think Jed Hoyer probably has. It's probably a different mindset than a lot of people have. A lot of people have a mindset where Jed Hoyer is 93 wins or bust. I don't think even that's remote. I don't even think that's remotely close to his mindset. Sure, he'd like to be a 93-win team. He would have liked to have had a 93-win team this year. But uh, around about mid-June, I started saying 52% they trade, 53% they stay. They drop below 52%. They were done. They were done. And rightfully so. And they traded... And as of, I think, today, they're about six games below the Mets in the National League standings. And the Mets fans are booing the players, and the Mets players are booing the fans. Wow, that's scary. 
But at least the Cubs have uh, Pete Crow Armstrong for the next six plus years. Um, assessing a 40-man roster is about what makes sense for the organization that year in the short-term years to come. Is a Michael Rucker worth keeping? Is a Trevor McGill worth keeping? Is a Dylan Maples worth keeping? All completely valid concepts to run through, argue, discuss. Scott Efros had some good going on, gave up a home run today. I'm not going to blow him up off one game against the White Sox where they're hitting the heck out of the ball. I was listening to a game tonight. Myrtle Beach sent out four pitchers. Let's see, one, two, three of the four pitchers. At least, and I, three of the four pitchers that were pitching, I was very interested in. The fourth one, it wasn't that I wasn't interested. It's just I was more interested in the other three. And they're all getting pounded. Sometimes that happens, you know. It's, it's not entirely a case of guy has bad outing, hence guy is a terrible pitcher. That's not how it necessarily works. Sometimes you just have a bad night. Sometimes the other team's just hitting really well. You lose 11-2, to two, a whole bunch of guys got their butts kicked. Don't have to release all of them. Putting together the 40-man roster for the Cubs this offseason is about the most important thing remaining. They're really not a whole lot more important right now. The dive for five is kind of cool, kind of fun, kind of funky, kind of uh, finding the silver lining in the thick clouds. But reality is trying to assess, is Manny Rodriguez going to be a guy the Cubs ought to plan on having in the Chicago bullpen next year? Or is he more along the lines of a guy that ought to be in the Des Moines bullpen next year? You can be wrong on that. But if you're thinking, you know, he probably ought to be in Des Moines. He ends up being in Chicago, you're fine. If you think he probably ought to be in Chicago, but he ends up in Des Moines, you're fine. The key is getting it right as far as does he belong on the 40-man roster. The problem is... When somebody, oh, no, we got to get rid of Manny Rodriguez because he gave up this home run to this guy. And he got, so then two years later, somebody, uh, Manny Rodriguez is on the other team. And the guy who said, no, we got to get Manny, get rid of Manny Rodriguez because he gave up a home run. The same, same flipping dude saying, why'd the Cubs get rid of Manny Rodriguez? Shut up. You know, really shut up. Make the right decisions now. Tommy Nance. Tommy Nance did really well, struggled a bit, got sent down, got injured, now he's back, pitched rather well in his first outing, assessing Tommy Nance, very important. Does he belong on a 40-man roster? Does he belong off the 40-man roster? Getting those questions right is kind of important. The team passed through Jake Jewell and... Ryan Meisinger over the weekend. They made sense to take a look at. They made a sense. They made sense to look at because they were on the Cubs' forty-man roster, and the Cubs had their rights as long as they decided to keep them. Brought them up to the major leagues. Tried them at the major leagues for what four or five outings each. Decided, yeah, nah, thanks. That's fine. That's that's fine. They had the chance. They assessed them. They looked at them. They decided, you know, we can do better elsewhere. That's totally fine. That's completely good. Doing the same with properly assessing Scott Efros, Michael Rucker, Adrian Sampson, Corey Abbott. 
Rex Brothers. You know, it, do these guys belong? Jonathan Holder, do these guys belong in 2022? Why or why not? That's the important question. That's the important question. Frank Schwindel, does he belong next year? Does he not? Alfonso Rivas, does he belong next year or not? Michael Hermosillo, does he belong next year or not? And assessing whether you think there will be a work stoppage can, in some instances, alter your perception on certain players. <coughs> Particularly if you think like I do, that there are a few factors that you might have learned something from in the last couple of years. Going through the five again, if there is a work stoppage that will delay major leagues starting after June 1st, which doesn't necessarily mean it will start immediately on June 2nd. It means June 1st or after. I would limit reliance on long-term starting pitchers, of whom the Cubs really don't have much any of anything anyway. Increase interest on relievers. Three, increase interest in league minimum types. Four, minor league 40-man roster guys are more acceptable. And five, keeping Rule 5 draft players would probably be a whole lot easier. You may have some ideas that I didn't touch on, and yours probably might even be better than mine. If you have some ideas on how you would adjust a 40-man roster, if the season does not start by June 1st, what sorts of adjustments might you consider? Thanks for stopping by. Have a, I, I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you have a nice week next week. And since I haven't updated it, here's the dive for five. Number 10, Rockies, four, six, seven. No, four, six, two. Four, six, two, Rockies at 10. Royals, four, five, four at nine. The Minnesota Twins, who will host the Cubs on Tuesday and Wednesday, 4 3 8. 7, Chicago Cubs, 4 3 2. 6, Washington Nationals, 4 2 6. Marlins catching up with the Nationals and the Cubs, 4 2 0. Pittsburgh Pirates, who did a nice job with St. Louis over the weekend. 366. The Rangers, 346. Diamondbacks, 333. And the Orioles, they are bad, 310. Um, thanks for stopping by. Have a great rest of your weekend. Or if you're listening to this on Monday, I hope your Monday's not terrible.